Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to another edition. We've figured out how to get the circles off my glasses, which is great, uh, of Conversations with Dr. Cowan and Friends. And today I have a, a, a great guest for us. This is going to be hopefully more fun than some of our usual games. <laughs> Uh, her name is Kerrigan Curtis. And Kerrigan, I don't know if you've seen any of my other podcasts, but uh, most people say, you know, you went to school and so-and-so place and did that. And I actually don't even know that about you. So I'm not going to say that. And I probably wouldn't remember anyway. So I'm going to say, if you don't mind, how, uh, how we it met or what happened. Mm -hmm. And then... I, I always tell people, if I get anything wrong, please correct me. So I think it was, it was not so long ago, maybe in the winter, last winter, or maybe early spring. And I think we had had some contact before. Um, and I think you probably knew something about my work or something like that. And then I think it became clear that I was leaving San Francisco and was going to go look for a house. And then one day I get this email from somebody who I don't know that I knew who it was, it was you. And the person, you, said, oh, you should think about building your house out of Moonwood. And I said, <laughs> of course, when you hear that, what at least I thought, all right, you know, I've heard a lot of strange things, but I don't mind thinking about harvesting moon from the wood, uh, wood from the moon, because I, I thought, my first thought was, I'll bet that's really expensive. <laughs> and, and I don't actually believe there is uh, wood on the moon or trees, uh, but you know, who knows? And for some reason, I didn't just say, I'm just, that's just nuts. I'm not going to even respond. But something in me must have said, yeah, you better find out what this is. Um, so I probably responded and I said, so what is Moonwood? And then you told me that you're somebody who actually works with people and knows about, about houses and about what makes a healthy house and what makes a not healthy house. And that there is actually the, the best way of all to build a house, which is out of Moonwood. I don't know if you would still think that, but I, yeah. I actually do think that. Yeah. Now, Moonwood is not, and we'll get into what Moonwood is, but it's not wood harvested from the moon. Um, so uh, then we started uh, working together to, and you were very instrumental in finding our new house. And, uh, what the way it worked was you we would send you places that we were thinking of and you would you know sort of do your magic and find out about ley lines and about power sources and about cell towers and and using a, a lot of techniques some of which I know a little bit and some of which I don't even know anything about uh, you've actually found us what you thought was an ac acceptable healthy place that then we could actually build a Moonwood house on. And so that's where we are, incredibly grateful to you. And we just, I just thought, well, I shouldn't be the only one who knows about this. <laughs> so, so here you are. And uh, I, I don't know if there was anything you, you think I got wrong, but that, that's what I remember. Yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. All right, with that, uh, yeah. Could you tell us then, you know, so everybody has a house or most people and some of them are these sort of McMansions and some of them are built, you know, new construction, some are old. So, but my understanding was a lot of these houses actually aren't very healthy to live in. And I think you know a lot about that. And I would love it if you could tell us what's the problem with today's housing. Well, um, it took a long time to figure out what was wrong because uh, in the beginning, well, my, my search started because I was very sick. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'd love for you to tell us your story here, how you got into this. Yeah, so, um, so quite a few years ago, I, I, well, a long time ago, 
I got into the building industry, right? And I started building houses for people and doing remodels. And that was all fine and good. Did that for quite a few years. And at some point during- And we're um, talking how many years ago now? 15, 20 years ago. And is it a decorator or a contractor or both or what? So I've been a general contractor for 15 years. Yeah. And before that, I did design work for models and things like that. Um, but during that process, I became very sick, right? And at some point during uh, probably in 2011, 2012, the only way I could really function is at some point during the day, I would go outside on the grass, lay on the grass. And after doing that for about an hour or so, I could get up again and go back to work. Wow. And I was like, you know, what's going on with me? It wasn't something that you could say, you know, go to a regular doctor and say, you know, fix me. It wasn't anything like that. It was just complete exhaustion, um, not being able to function normally. And during the same time, uh, my husband had a conversation with our neighbor and she was telling him about something called biogeometry. Yeah. She had a bunch of books from when she took courses and let me borrow them. And when I started reading about biogeometry, so much opened up for me. It's like all of a sudden I understood why I was ill, what was going on, you know, and why when I studied green building in the past, it didn't hit the mark for me. Geometry completely opened up my mind to why houses are not healthy. Got it. So, so if I could just clarify, so you, you not only had been a, like a builder, contractor and designer, you actually knew about so-called green building before you got into this. Yeah. In Minnesota, where I am, even when I took green building classes, most of the codes in Minnesota are quite green as it is, right? We have yeah. very strict codes in Minnesota. But when I was studying green building, they were saying things that didn't quite sit right. For example, it was it's considered green building to put something called fly ash in concrete. And that's reusing materials, right? But when you look a little further, fly ash is a toxic byproduct of coal plants. So you're basically right. putting a toxic byproduct in the concrete that is the foundation of your house. Yeah. That didn't sound right to me. Didn't and, sound right to me either. <laughs> and so, you know, I didn't, I didn't kind of follow the green building guidelines, even though I had studied it and I got certified and all this stuff. But I looked at it and said, you know, something's still not quite healthy here. And were there I, other examples like that, or just that? Is that a prominent one? Well, a lot of green building materials are recycled materials. And yeah. that means that they're sometimes like fly ash, putting toxic materials in your houses. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I found building biology that I kind of, they ticked all the boxes. This is why your house isn't healthy. Bio Biogeometry started the process. And the where they started the process is they kind of made sense as to why I would go out in the grass and recharge myself, right? And it was because at the time I didn't even realize this, but I was like less than a quarter of a mile away from multiple cell phone towers. Uh -huh. And they kind of made me aware that electromagnetic radiation was not the best thing for my health. Yeah. And they gave me, you know, ways to, to solve that, ways to mitigate it. Yeah. And so that was... That was kind of like I said before, the starting point of me really understanding how to build healthy. And just to kind of, do you want me to explain a little bit about biogeometry? I would love that, yes. Yeah. And, and what, what did you learn from biogeometry about, uh, I don't know why is the right word, but in what way uh, this, these cell towers or radiation exposure is not good for you? And then how biogeometry goes about remediating Okay, so it's, I'm going to, I'm going to explain what the basis of biogeometry is first, because okay. I think without understanding that you can't understand how they're fixing it. Um, what biogeometry uses something called scalar energy and scalar energy is basically compression waves, similar to sound waves or compression waves. Yeah. And scalar energy is like an echo of the original wave, like 
an original like electromagnetic wave goes through the air or if you imagine a boat going through a river right that boat is a force going through the river and there's waves in the water on each side right when when that those waves hit the shore or they hit a buoy right yeah they bounce off that item that they hit right they create an echo of the original wave got it yeah that's a scalar wave that echo again similar to like uh homeopathics are an echo of the original source material that they're using to create the homeopathic so that's a scalar wave and so biogeometry uses those scalar waves and in doing that they don't change the original wave they don't change the original emf the original electromagnetic radiation or frequency that's coming through but they balance the resulting wave, right? So when it becomes a scalar wave, wave, when it bounces off a shape, a biogeometry shape, it becomes something else. And now, you know, if you imagine it hitting a buoy, a buoy is, you know, just a a cylinder kind of thing, right? It's not gonna change that wave a lot, but let's say it, it hits something that has shape to it, right? Like this then every, everywhere that wave hits, it changes its shape, you know, as it's coming off of it, right? It's reflected in a different shape. Yeah. That's what, that's what helps you in biogeometry, right? So, so if, I, if I understand correctly, the, the important point of that is the original wave, right? The, uh, the non-scalar wave, the wave before the scalar wave, yep. you, you need that in order to make whatever you're trying to work work correct like your cell phone or your computer or something or your radio yes if you check if you change that you would make your devices non-functional correct exactly so biogeometry doesn't mess with that original wave right and 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 so is it correct to say the theory is that the damage is at least partly, if not wholly, a result of the exposure to the scalar waves? Correct. That's what uh-huh. creates electrosmog. So the term electrosmog are all those resulting waves that are bouncing around in our atmosphere. Got it. Those, those resultant waves are what can harm us the most because it's this constant kind of barrage of these reflections of the original wave right Got it. yeah and that's and that's why we address geopathic stress in biogeometry as well because geopathic stress part you tell of- us what geopathic stress even sure. means yeah so I'm, I'm the i'm the stupid audience here and, and i'm partly stupid myself so i i get it <laughs> yeah we all are in in our own ways but so so geopathic stress has multiple areas that that are that are considered under geopathic stress. One of them can be like cracks in the surface of the earth, right? So there can be um, fault lines, right? And in that crack, that will create that will allow geopathic stress to come up. So there's radiation that comes up from the earth from say that fault line, yeah, right? That's one consideration that is called geopathic stress. And, and, and just to clarify, so that radiation that comes out of the earth is not the healthful radiation that you were recharging yourself by lying on the grass. That's correct. So the, the helpful radiation was more like a Schumann resonance yeah. that, I was, that I was receiving. The other thing I was getting from laying on the grass was I was discharging uh-huh. the current that got into my body. Got it. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, cell tower waves that come off cell towers, right? The radiation that comes off cell towers goes right through our bodies. Right. And you can think about the fact that you use a cell phone inside your house. Well, if it can go through your walls, it can go through your body. Right, yeah. So when those go through your body, you can get kind of impregnated with frequencies. And so laying in the grass can help, or even just walking on the grass can help discharge those. Um, It reminds me of a story, a woman, I knew was having a, a really difficult time walking and, um, and she was having problems with her thyroid. And I mentioned about uh, a pendant that you can get from biogeometry. So it's a yeah. circular pendant 
and it has a bunch of well it's this right here so it has yeah. a bunch of what's called this right here actually yeah. <laughs> these things <laughs> it has what's um called biosignatures on it and that's right. another topic that i can get into but let's talk about this story for a second so i get she bought one of these pendants and when she got to her house so she'd had thyroid cancer and she had got this to kind of deal with the fact that she was having thyroid cancer. When she got to her house from about a 45 minute drive, she was in so much pain, she couldn't walk. And her husband said, well, what's going on? Why, why all of a sudden you put this necklace on and you can't walk? And she said, well, Kerrigan said that maybe there was some impregnation and the necklace was gonna help me draw this out. And he said, oh, well, maybe you should walk on the grass. And so she started walking on the grass and all of it completely went away. Wow. So the necklace can bring up your awareness of what's going on in your body. And then you can discharge that by walking in the grass or, you know, going through the process of discharging it in other ways, like saltwater baths can do that. There's lots of ways to discharge that stuff. But anyway, you know, it's interesting that the, the, the original work, uh, meaning of the term influenza was you were influenced by electrical activity that built up in your body and could not be discharged. Right. And right. so they from would- the, From the sky or what was going on in, you know- Yeah, it could, right. It could be from, you know, radio waves. It could be from solar activity. It could be right. from a lot of things, but, and so they, they essentially acupuncture and things like that were developed to put a needle in and get rid of the excess built up electrical influences that right. were then called the flu. Right. right. And that is, that is what a flu actually is. I'm not like what we think it is, but anyways. So right. yeah. So, so same kind of concept is, is walking on the grass will discharge some of that stuff. Not in the same way as maybe if you get a, a much more severe case, like the flu where you're really, it's really uh, pulling you down, but, I don't know how I got to there, but we were talking about geopathic stress. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to that and just explain the other source of geopathic stress. And um, that is, they're called grid lines. Yeah. And these grid lines um, carry geopathic stress basically around the earth. So different scientists have come up with the names of these different grids. So there was one scientist named Hartman, and he found right. the Hartman grid, right? Yeah. I named Curry, last name was Curry. He found the Curry grids. And um, so those grids are also these kind of scalar compression waves. So they go around the earth in pretty regular patterns. And those can also cause a lot of harm. Yeah. So there's been studies in Europe, especially I think in Germany, yeah. where they studied cancer patients and they found that where the cancer was located in the body they had there was grid lines in the person's bed that yeah. actually in that exact same spot yeah so so what we're talking about essentially is then the people are being bathed maybe a lot of the time or maybe all the time or at least when they're sleeping when they shouldn't be in this intense electro smog and they're not doing anything to sort of discharge it, mitigate it or anything. And then right. you get sick. And then you get sick because that builds up. And, yeah. and, you know, one thing, one way to look at that is if you think of a pool table, right. And you've got a set of pool balls on the, on the billiard balls, right. On the, on the, on the face of it. And you usually take a, a, a pool stick that's pretty thin, right. Yeah. Well, imagine a pool stick that is like, 12 or 18 inches in diameter, okay? And that pool stick represents the impact of what's happening from electromagnetic radiation when we've got high levels of it in our environment. Yeah. And when it, when it hits those balls, those balls just scatter everywhere. And that's your energy dissipating, yeah. right? So your body is like that pool table just being hit all the time. Yeah. And that's why it's important if you wanna get your health back is to mitigate those kind of things. And, and biogeometry helps with being able to harmonize your organs, like those, what I talked about earlier, those biosignatures. Yeah. What those are is they're patterns of our different organs 
So they're the their most harmonious way that that organ operates, right? It has an energy flow through the organ. Right. Yep. Dr. Kareem, who is the one that has um, created biogeometry or um, basically discovered what already existed. Right. So he's been able to draw these patterns and those patterns of the different organs and the different energy flows through the organs are what biogeom or bio signatures are. Signatures. Right. Yep. So that's what's on the pendant. So as your body can can recognize what a harmonious flow is, it could come into resonance with it, right? So that's how the pendant works. Got it. Because it's saying body come into resonance with this pattern, and then your body can can uh, pick that pattern up. It's, it's essentially this is the blue the energetic blueprint of the liver. Exactly. So go you then it's it's like a challenge. Go find it. And if you can find that instead of a disturbed, scattered, erratic image or energetic pattern, you're yeah. going to be a lot healthier. And I know that they've actually proven this with, you know, hep C studies and a few other studies. Right. Yeah. That was a, that was a pretty remarkable study they did yeah. in Egypt yeah. where they, um, where there was, they, they took 300 patients and um, they all received a pendant. And there were other, um, you know, there was, they were, some of the people in the study were doing medications. There were some right. alternative methods that they were doing. And they had 90% rate of no more symptoms, right? Where other modalities, say like um, med medicines or, or alternative methods, they were coming in at like 20 to 30%, right. where they weren't coming up with the same liver enzymes that were you know, indicating hepatitis C. So it was, it was pretty re remarkable what, what that study showed. Right. And they actually followed liver enzymes, which is much better than tracking the quote virus, because it actually, that is a measure of the damage to your liver, not some s supposed cause, but. Right. Right. So and it was great. Know, yeah. The one thing that Dr. Kareem says about that is that, you know, it's, it's great to wear the pendant, and it can do something remarkable at, at changing those those liver values, um, the levels. But he says that without dealing with your environment, you know that it you're never going to have a, a sustained cure. It's yeah. Like and I mean that gets back to the healthy houses and right. Let's, houses. Yeah. You so know? what's so let's get back. So what's wrong with the houses then? Um, right. So getting back to that. Um, during the uh, World War II, there were a lot of chemicals that people came up with, that companies yeah. came up with to deal with different kinds of weapons in World War II. And when World War II ended, there was a lot of chemical companies that had, you know, set up for manufacturing and no longer had any kind of thing, anybody to sell these chemicals to. Right. So what one thing they decided to do or what, what they ended up doing is they started using a lot of chemicals in house building. And so many of the chemical companies then turn to um, different methods, different products that could be used in houses. And so after World War II, our houses started becoming more and more toxic. And can you give us an example of a chemical or, or, a, or a product in a building that's made from chemicals or has chemicals in it? Try almost every single one. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, plywood, uh, drywall, gypsum board, um, adhesives that put the house together. Um, there's a product called OSB oriented strand board and it's pieces of wood glued together. And they put that, we put that on the outside of your house. Um, you can, insulation has formaldehyde in it. Uh, spray foam, which you can also insulate with is a petroleum product. And, it, and actually, the day that they spray foam in a house, there's a warning that no pets or humans can be in the house while they're spraying because it's so toxic to your health. Right. Well, and then you spray it and then how long does that off gas for, right? Right. And, you know, it's basically the, the whole concept of the way we build houses today is not healthy. And that is that when, um, you know, sometime in the 1900s, we decided that we needed to build a lot more houses in the United States and we needed to do it cheaply. So instead of using 
time-tested methods that they had been doing in Europe for years and years and years. And, you know, there's houses in Europe that are 800 years old and they're still in good condition and they're still healthy inside. Yeah. But they decided we needed cheap and quick construction methods. So they went to something called stick framing. Yeah. And that's how almost all houses in the United States are built now. And they're built with pieces of wood that, you know, go like this along your wall. And then we put insulation inside of those, between those pieces of wood. And so basically you're creating this cavity in your walls and your ceiling, just getting ready for a great place to, you know, grow mold, to have moisture, all kinds of things that are not healthy and to hold on to all those toxic chemicals right. that you're using to build the house. So, I mean, I could go on and on about all the problems with standard construction, but like you said earlier, there is an option. And that's why I mentioned Moonwood to you in that email <laughs> when I heard you were moving and starting, you know, might be building a new house in a new place. And I thought, well, this doctor needs to know about this because it's, you know, the only way to build a healthy house. So yeah. let's, uh, let's uh, recapitulate a little bit where we are. So there's essentially two categories of problems here. One is that this whole, um, uh, geopathic stress and electromagnetic field exposure and this continual bombardment with scalar waves, none of that is recognized by conventional building. And so you don't have any idea where your house is located on, on what kind of magnetic fields it's above or below or next to. And you don't have any protection from the effect of these scalar waves in a normal modern house. Correct. So that's one problem. The other problem is they're poisoning the crap out of you by all the toxic chemicals that are actually used in the construction of the house. Correct. Yep. And they're building a house these days that does not allow for, is not healthy in itself. Just the construction methods that we build. Right. I'll give you one example of that. So we wrap our houses in plastic. Right. Inside is wrapped in plastic. Behind the drywall, you have to put what's called a vapor barrier. Right. And it's, you know, it's plastic, right? You wrap that all around the inside. You put a barrier on the outside that's plastic. You might insulate with, with um, spray foam. That's plastic kind of material. It doesn't yeah. breathe, right? And when we, you know, if you put your head inside of a plastic bag, you're not going to be alive for long if it's, you know, closed up at your neck. And that's right. basically what we're doing to our houses. Right. And the only way in modern construction to solve that problem is to bring in artificial, like, air sources, right? So you can do heat recovery systems or, right. or um, uh, energy recovery systems that keep the air going through the house all the time. And, and it is a solution, but if you think about that plastic bag around your head and inside that plastic bag are all those chemicals, you're gonna slowly have a very heavy load of chemicals in your body, whether right. you're you know, exchanging the air a certain amount of times per hour or not, right? Yeah. No way to avoid it. And, and that's what's happened with modern construction. And, and a lot of people are getting sick from that even though they don't know that that's the case. Right. And, and doctors are completely unaware of this, of course. They have no idea. Right. And, you know, it goes back to me being sick and laying on the grass. And I knew I couldn't go to a doctor and say, you know, can you, can you give me a pill for being exhausted all the time? Because I tried that in the past. It hadn't worked before, so I didn't try it again, right? Yeah, right. And, um, but I will say that biogeometry helped me immensely so that I could get past that that point and, where I had to lay on the grass. And so biogeometry is using these biosignatures and these patterns and forms to create, to interfere, or uh, they, I would think the better word is remediate these scalar waves so that you're not actually living in, in a electro-smogged environment, essentially. Right. They're, they're, oh, this, what's happening when, they, when, they, when the biogeometry shapes influence the environment they're overlaying those scalar waves with beneficial energy. Got it. Yeah. And let me just say one more thing about the beneficial energy that they, they use. So, so when Dr. Kareem um, first started learning about what ended up becoming biogeometry, 
he went to all the sacred spots all over the world and he started measuring the energy sources of these places and it's a it's another long story as to how he found how to measure these and i won't get into that but he found a device that could measure these energies right and when he went around to all these places he found that there were three energies that were consistent at every single one of these sacred spots so like machu picchu and and other places in europe that you know at the churches that they find you know a, you know you go to these places and you go to them over and over again and because they have great energy right right and um he found three energies and that's what he calls bg3 so it's the higher harmonic of uh violet it's um horizontal negative green and those words i i you know that gets into another whole conversation as to what right. horizontal negative green is right but um but again if you take classes or something like that you learn all about that kind of stuff um, but these three and, and the higher harmonic of gold. So these three energies can he found a way to replicate these energies in shapes. And so that's what I was talking about earlier as the, the, the original wave hits these shapes creates a scalar wave as it bounces off, but that's overlaid with this new beneficial shape, right. which, which creates this new energy field that is beneficial to you not negative. So it's like living in a, in a sacred temple or a power spot somewhere on the, the planet instead of just your normal house. Got it. And I, so I said, the, the magic, I think, of what he did, and I've read a lot of his books and talked to some of his people, uh, yeah. is the first magic was actually learning to measure it. Right, exactly. And yeah. The, because if you can, if you can't measure it, you can't you can't check yourself whether you're fixing it or not. Um, right. And the interesting thing about it is he said the measurement was qualitative, not quantitative. Yeah, in that's other words, it's important in biogeometry, that difference. Yeah, it's not like uh, 10 meters or something. It's, and essentially, you know, that sounds weird to scientists, but the reality is, uh, life is about quality, not quantity. In right, fact, exactly. let, let me throw another thing out. You know, in, in normal science, we're told if you can't measure it, it's not real. And I would say that it's actually the opposite. If you can measure it, it's, uh, it's not real. <laughs> and here, here's what I mean by that. See if you agree. If you say, I have this thing, it's two inches, right? But the, mm -hmm. the problem is, it's not actually exactly two inches. It's 2.001 inch, right? Okay. Nothing is exactly two inches. So, okay, it's 2.001. Well, wait a minute. It's actually 2.001.000 inches. Right. And you can take that ad, you know, ad infinitum. And it, at a certain point, you realize you can't measure anything. Right. The phenomena of measuring quantities is, a, is an illusion. And you, it's only, you're only giving an imaginary approximation, essentially, of the, the measurement. Now, for building a house or a car, that works. But sort of. <laughs> sort of, right. You know, those, that's funny you should mention that because sometimes I'll go into a house that someone wants me to remodel and they say, well, we already have plans. And I say, you know what? The plans are never accurate to what's actually you know, yeah. built. And it's always a little bit here or a little bit there. Right. Measurement is kind of not accurate in that it sense. Isn't, it is totally not accurate. Yeah. And, and we, in fact, it's pretty easy to see that Everything we value in life is a quality, not a quantity, like right. love or happiness or good taste or anything. These are not quantities. These are qualitative measures. So it was real genius of him to figure out how to measure quality. Essentially, that's what he did. Once you do that, then you can figure out what, what you're measuring and whether it's there or not. And that's the measurement of BG3, I think. Exactly. And, and there's been, I mean, more studies than just the hepatitis C study that he's yeah. done. And, and many studies based on people's um, qualitative reactions, right? right? How they're feeling in their house or how they're feeling. Right. And even though that's not as scientific, 
it means a lot more to the human that's experiencing it. It is actually more scientific. We just, <laughs> or, or, or as I like to say, the trouble with science is it's not very scientific. Um, right. And it is actually more scientific because it's the reality, whereas this, these quantitative measurements are basically illusions. Anyway, so, so we go there, so we know that we have to measure BG3. And so then, uh, so what is a healthy house then? Right, so there's a couple of ways to approach the thought of a healthy house, right? At one point I thought if you took any old house and you balanced all the grid lines, those Hartman and Curry lines that I talked about earlier, yeah. Diopathic stress, you balance the diopathic stress with biogeometry, you did all these things, and then you'd have the right house, right? Yeah. Well, along the way, I realized some, some sources of uh, detrimental energy are just too strong, right? They're like that huge pool stick, and a, a shape isn't going to do everything, right? Yeah. So you can do, but it's important also to balance the quality of the energy in your house. But you also have to do some other things, and that's kind of where Moonwood comes into the into play here. Is that you can you can you can do everything you can in your house to make this perfect energy, but if the pool stick is too huge, you're going to have to do something else. Right? Right. And that's kind of the thing. With, as as um, as our radiation level, our man-made radiation level keeps upping and upping itself, or we up it, people. Um, that pool, pool stick keeps getting bigger and bigger and knocking right. longer and stronger, right? So with a Moonwood house, these it, it hits a few things for me, like it ticks all the boxes. Number one, it is solid wood rather than creating these cavities in your walls. So, so what do we mean by Moonwood? Let's get basics here. Yeah, so Moonwood is, okay, yeah. So the basics of Moonwood is that it is a, it is a spruce tree uh -huh. felled in the winter in the waning cycle of the moon okay only spruce well i don't know that's that's what they say this spruce is where he's spruce is from uh i think it's the isn't that what they made the violins yeah from? yeah i think so. that's where the whole thing started was the violins yeah um so they make they make uh violins out of moonwood or they had in the past yeah right? So, um, so it's felled in the winter at the waning moon, and there's a very special reason why they do that. And it's because they, and they studied this and found why that worked, why it created such a good product when you felled it at the waning moon is because water, instead of being a liquid or a gas or a solid, at the waning moon, it becomes a fourth phase, and that's a gel phase. Right. So they found that there was a scientist who just who worked on this and found that that was the fact. And I think there was a couple of scientists who worked on them. Their their names escape me right now. But when you wood the water in wood actually follows the phases of the moon in its in its different phases, right? Liquid yeah. versus gel versus these other things. And when water is in that gel state and the tree is felled with the top of the tree pointing downhill. And that is a, that's a very specific thing too that it needs to be doing. And that's because it has something to do with the, when the tree is not felled with the tip going downhill, it thinks it's still alive. And so, so it keeps continuing, right? Or it, you'll have to, you'll have to, <laughs> you have to ask the Moonwood people about that, but there's a special reason why they do that. Yeah. Um, and so, when that happens, when they fell it that way, it turns out that it is resistant to fungus, it's resistant to insects, it has a fire rating that is incredible. They, they did this test where they, they put a thousand degrees of fire heat on a wall of moonwood, which is uh, an, actually a wall, which means it's about um, 12 inches thick, right? And so they, they, um, when they did this test, after um, something like three hours, they hadn't even burned through the wood. Yeah. Right. And I mean, whose house do you know of that could withstand a thousand degrees of heat and not have the whole house burned down? Right. Right. So it, it creates this this very special 
um, you know, thing about the mood wood. It just, it has some amazing features like that, like it doesn't burn. They did a, a test in Japan with a moon wood building and they, they, um, they put it under a, in an earthquake uh, simulation and they couldn't get the thing to fall down. Right. And they ended up having to break some of the members in this house structure to get the, to get the thing to fall down with the highest level of seismic activity that they could create in this house. So it's, it's, an, it's one of those products that everything you say, well, does it have this? Does it have that? It has everything. It has an insulation value that's just through the roof. Um, so it's, it, let me it, go back a little bit here if I can, because I think we skipped a few steps for people. Right. So, you, so this guy and I, I, you know, seen his videos and it's, I think the Toma company or something like that. Yep. Um, essentially, uh, what they do is they, and, and this is a, not a new technique. They built Japanese temples out of moonwood for 2000 years ago that are still standing. Yeah, and and the Roman the Roman ships with Julius Caesar, all of yeah. his ships were built out of moon wood. Right. So they they take these spruce. They go to a place that has spruce wood, spruce trees in the forest. Mm -hmm. They wait until the winter. They cut it down during when the moon is waning, and then they cut it so that the tip of the the top of the tree is pointed downhill. Yep. Then. I, they 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 process it some way. I think with water or something like that, um, and then they essentially mill those trees into boards, right? Yep. And then they construct walls and structures out of those milled uh, uh, boards from those uh, trees. Correct. Yeah, and and then they get this thick piece of wood with all kinds of different directions of the wood inside. Yeah. And then there's little microscopic air pockets between those. Yeah. And those microscopic air pockets create more insulation value, actually, right. less. And then they put these pieces of wood together with dowels. And so the big difference between that and and what's called um, uh, like a timber, a timber yeah. wall, right? Is that a timber, a timber panel will be put together with glues. Right. right. So they, they make these kind of walls, but they put them together with glue. And um, and so you've you've taken this nice wood and you've you've put chemicals all the way through it. Where with Toma and the moon wood, you put dowels through it. And so you have no chemicals in your wall whatsoever. Right. right? Pick the box of no chemicals in your house. And um, and it has all these other great things for using it right and and there's even no metal they don't use screws or nails or anything it's just wooden dowels right when when the walls go into say a foundation wall there's grooves right Not right right so they sit in grooves and the whole house can be put together in like two or three days depending on the size so you're spending a lot of money on the moon wood but you're not spending a lot of money on carpentry yeah kind of things there's a little bit of a balance um you know, it, it, but, they are more expensive than regular construction, but there's a reason why it is. It's it's better construction. Right. And, and so, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but but what we're saying here is the the insulation real really when you get down to it is structured water inside this the the tubes of the of the wood. Yeah, and they're crisscrossed in a way. So you get a a layering of these of this gel. And that's why, you know, I've seen uh, videos. There's, it protects against EMF exposure. It, it's yeah, yeah, a yeah. amazing, uh, like heat insulator and coolant. Yeah. So they have places in the Arctic Circle that they have like a wood stove, a little cook stove or something. And Not only that, yeah. I've seen a, 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 a video where they had a guy playing a band with a drummer in one room and the next room in a hotel. They could hardly hear it. Right, sound and transmission is really low. I mean, it, like I said, it's just everything that you could want in a product for a house, Moonwood has it. Yeah, and I, I saw that fire demonstration. I, I, I don't know the details, but I think the German government has a, a rating. So they burned, they took a thousand degree furnace and they go up to two hours and see when your wall catches fire. And they did the Moonwood one for, I think it was nine hours and they got a little bit charred on the outside. 
And they said, we can't, we can't even give you a report here because we never could get it to burn. Right. And, and it like failed because they couldn't even uh, make it burn ever. So they just said, well, we can't do the report. Well, and, and then they, they continued to try and figure out, I think it's something like 120 hours for the thing to burn through. Yeah. But, but they also couldn't get a report on the earthquake because they couldn't get the thing to fall down. Right. You can only, so, you can only get a report for, for seismic activity, like what the strength of that is, what the strength of your house is, if the house, you know, at the point that the house falls down. And like I said, they had to take apart some of the, the construction members to let the house fall down. And so the most toxic part of this house is basically water and, and, and trees, which I take my chances on water and trees any day. Right, right. Now, you can always put toxic things inside the envelope. Yeah. You know, but, you know, if you're going you're gonna to go to the, the length to create or build a Moonwood house, I suspect you're going to be pretty careful about the other things that you put in. And there are, are alternatives to housing construction products out there today. I mean, there's more and more that are healthier and there's ways to test whether they're gonna make the person get sick or not. Right, all right, so, so we have this product that they make, it's sort of like Tinker Toys, right? That you, you yeah. so, so um, first of all, I want to say, I, well, you can tell me if you want, if people want to do this, they could contact you or you don't want 3000 people <laughs> contact me and I could I could see if I can help them I mean I can't I couldn't help any everyone that would call me but I certainly could see if I could help them I mean like what we did long distance you know right. so I mean there's there's the possibility of helping people with that right so we should uh, give your website too but so basically the process is uh, they say we want a 1200 square foot house and you co-design it with them you, you evaluate the land that it's on about ley lines and, you know, cell towers and all that. You find a healthy piece of land or at least as healthy as there can be. And um, then you site the Moonwood house. Then they, it's engineered in Austria, I think. Yeah, Put on a boat, send, you know, and then any normal construction. Mm -hmm. I can put it together and then you work on the interior to make that maybe say a little bit about that too or if I got the process correct essentially. Yeah I think that's correct I mean in the in the design process you pretty much lay out the whole interior as well and you can and you can put um, moonwood in the interior walls yeah so it doesn't just have to be in the envelope or the outside part um, and another great thing about moonwood is that it resonates with bg3 so if you imagine again what I was talking about, you know, you can you can help your house and help your environment by balancing all the energies in it. Well, imagine living in a house which the actual envelope structure is emanating BG3 all the time. I mean, I that'd be a pretty nice house to live in. Right. Through water and trees essentially. I think I lost you there for a second. Uh, the emanation is through structured water, essentially. I, I would, I would suspect so, I, and I think you know a lot about structured water. I know a lot about structured water, and and that was really what got me because I think the trees are structuring the water, and that's why they're doing it at the waning moon. And I think there's a water step in there, and yeah. and they're basically insulating your house with water. Basically, in the gel form. In the gel form. Down, yeah. Once they cut the tree down, it stays in that gel form. Right. That gel form is what makes it insect resistance. I mean, they have a fifty-year guarantee against moisture and mold inside your house. I don't, right. I don't know if there's any other product on the market that could say something like that. Right. Every other normal that stick thing you're talking about, they're all moldy and they're all have, you know, yeah. um, caught moisture and all that stuff. Well, and and you know. On top of all the chemicals and the poor building methods of modern houses, that's the next bad thing in a house is, is the mold. Yeah, and I, right. Most houses, even up to the 1980s, I can open up a bathroom in a 1980s house and I'll fall, find mold in there. Yeah. You know? And then that gets into a forced air system, like a furnace system, right? And then it puts those molds, mold spores all over your house. Now you're breathing in mold spores on a regular basis. It's suppressing your immune system you know you, after that you don't feel too good right 
You know, one of the amazing things for me is because I've been interested in, you know, house, you know, healthy houses and all this for 30, 40 years. And I remember spending hours trying to figure out what the best heating system was, you know, whether to, uh, you know, baseboards or air, air, obviously not. And, and Thule Kiwis and building the side of your house with a, with bricks and, you know, there's all kinds of, and running uh, pipes under your floor that radiate heat. And the, the revelation when I talked to you and I heard Moonwood, turns out the best way to heat your house is not to need heat. <laughs> yeah, that probably is the best way. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. And, and you don't barely need air conditioning either. Yeah. Like yeah. All right. And, and, and just finally, is there, do you, do you work on the inside of the house, like the appliances or the wiring or copper tubes or? Everything. everything. Yeah, you, can't, you can't build a house if you just build a shell. So, right. you know, you gotta, you gotta do everything. So, and that's what I do. I, you know, start to finish. Got start to finish. I mean, I, yeah. This, so this, I, I think we're at a good place to stop, except if, do you have a website or something people can contact you or look up what you're doing? It's just my name, KerriganCurtis.com. KerriganCurtis.com. Yep. And I don't know if you want people to contact you, but I'm sure some will. So um, <laughs> is there anything else that you want to tell us about this or ask or anything like that? I think we, I think we covered it. I think we got it. Yeah. I mean, th this is really amazing. And you know, when I just want to finish, sometimes people say, Tom, there's no way I could be sick because everything I do in my life is healthy. And I think, you gotta be kidding. You know, you, and what kind of house do you live in? Well, I live in a, you know, a normal house. And I mean, you're, you're surrounded by toxic chemicals and, right. I mean, and energetic. Story. I mean, that's my story is that, you know, perfect diet, exercise, healthy, everything you were supposed to do. And yet I was laying on the ground and I couldn't get up. Yeah. You know? I mean, that was basically my story. And, and that, and I found out it was because of where I was living and the house that I was living in and all those kind of things was. Yeah, you were living in a toxic plastic bag. Right, exactly. And it's pretty much as simple as that. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I just really appreciate this. And I think this is incredibly valuable information for people and yeah, it's just such an important work you're doing. I just, I, I don't know what else to say, so. Well, I feel the same way about you, Tom. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you. So. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.